What's up, Chris Nation? Welcome to the show. It's Candace and David. First win streak of the year. It's only two games. I don't care. It's a streak. We're taking it. It is. <laughs> Grizzlies beat the Dallas Mavericks 108 to 94. Um, I so the way that my NBA streaming works because of my location, I have multiple teams blacked out. So typically, whenever I'm watching Grizzlies games, I don't get Pete and Brevin. I usually get the other broadcast. And one of the Mavericks broadcasters during this game was talking about all the guys the Mavericks were missing. And the color commentator, he's like, you know who doesn't give a crap about that? The Memphis Grizzlies. Right, yeah. And and he started listing all the Grizzlies that were missing. And I was just cracking up. My wife's like, what are you laughing at? I was like, well, this is a Mavericks broadcast, and that color commentator just kind of gave it to the announcer because, you know, this was a game where you're missing the biggest stars from both teams were Mm -hmm. missing in this game. You know, John Moran is out. Jaron Jackson may as well have not played this game. He was awful tonight. And then the Mavericks were missing Luka and Tim Hardaway Jr. And, you know, plus a a plethora of other dudes with other injuries like they're they're – key role players. The Grizzlies have been doing that all year. They've they've been missing a lot of high quality players all year. I'm going to, to lead off kind of with an apology. You know, I I said in the last episode that if Noel doesn't bring anything offensively, I'm not interested in keeping him on the team. And I guess he uh, tuned into the sports ethos Grizzlies podcast. And he's like, all right, Dave, I got you, man. (laughs) Eight for 14 from the field, two for six from three, 19 points, four rebounds, one assist. And so many disruptive defensive plays. Mm -hmm. Candace, talk me out of being a fan here. I can't. Because, like, as a fan, I'm like, get rid of the dead weight on the roster and keep this guy for the, the whole season. I don't think but, about being a fan, man. I, I think that I think that's a legit NBA player who you play over some of the other guys who you just kind of had on the roster as dudes. I can't talk you out of it, man. I'm with you. I'm definitely with you. Um, are you saying you weren't familiar with his game? Is that is that your, yeah your no, point? Just, to Jalen. You know, I I said that he he brought good stuff on the defensive end. But you need guys that can score. And tonight he showed that he can do that. And, and you know, he he had games in Minnesota. Uh, being somebody that I, I play a lot of fantasy basketball, and I know nobody wants to hear about my fantasy basketball team, but I play in a lot of deep leagues. And so you have to know the NBA. You have to know depth charts. And so he was a guy, because of what he could bring defensively, he was a guy that I I would target in some of my deeper leagues because he would bring you defensive stats, not a ton of other things, but he would help me win categories that were very specific that I needed. And so I was aware of who he was, but as far as what his offensive bag is, I, I was not aware of. <laughs> I stick by what I said yesterday or last, last episode. It, to me, because there was such dead weight, not just offensively, but defensively, from your Jake Arabias, from 
at times, John Conchar, who sometimes, depending on the matchup, can't defend worth the lick. Uh, Zaire, who's up and down. Like, just having his consistent defensive presence, and you'll take the ups and downs offensively because you're going to get that from your back end guys anyway. It's not like you're replacing him with somebody who is giving you consistent offense. So for me, whether or not he he was able to, I mean, I don't expect him to have 19 points or even anything close. He he might be up and down. But again, I take that if his defense is going to be consistent and he just seems to make the right play. Um, some people just have a nose for, not just nose for the ball, which he does, but also just an instinct. Uh, that's, that's the word I'm looking for. A good basketball instinct that I think really helps the flow, both offensively and defensively. He's going to keep the ball moving. He's not going to um, make too many mistakes. He's not going to um, play outside of himself. And he's going to keep the ball moving in a good rhythm in a way that I think will help other players around him on those days where maybe he's not making those shots. So I'm sold, man. I, I am. Um, it's crazy that you got dudes coming off the couch that are better than the <laughs> Grizzlies roster. Indictment on Zach Kleiman and some of his draft choice picks. But it is what it is. And I think the Grizzlies are much improved forward. I don't think that without the addition of Jalen Noel, I don't think they win two games in a row. Be honest, he's the second yeah, he, he scored tonight. So, yeah, he he was impactful in the last win. Didn't score like yeah. like he he was he was abysmal offensively, yeah. but his hustle plays, the stuff that he was doing on the defensive end, helped them win that game. And that's you know, Miss Mister Do Something, DeAnthony yeah. Melton, fan favorite, and DeAnthony Melton was never a consistent offensive player which is part of the reason why he's not a Grizzly right now. And then you, you get this guy who, it, it like, if we're being honest, he shouldn't have been sitting on the couch. Yeah. You look at the, you know, the, there's 15 guys on each NBA roster, so 450 players. You can't look me in the face and tell me that there's 450 players better than, than Jalen Noel. Yeah, I agree. I definitely, it was a great pickup. Um for them, it really was, and wish they would have made that change earlier. But you know, he's here now, and like you say, he make he just has winning instincts, and you need those kind of guys not just for now to get you through the injuries. But he's a guy I'd like to actually have in playoff situations. I think he can be a contributor in playoffs in small in a smaller role, not like on in a big role, but he can be a random rotation guy who can step up and help you make a couple of big shots. Um, I can see him playing their role, and it allows for the Grizzlies to play more like they did when they had the Anthony Mills. And like you mentioned, they can get up and down the floor better. They can get more deflections. They can play in transition better. They hadn't had anybody who could disrupt plays so consistently enough for them to do that before now. I wonder what the difference is in pace from this Grizzlies team over these last two games as compared to the rest of the season. Yeah, that's a great question. But because they they these last two games, they've been getting up and down. They've been attacking the paint. They've been doing the things that we've seen this this offense with Taylor Jenkins do 
over the past few seasons, and it's led to them winning games. It helps that you have some guys coming back. That Noel is not a guy that's coming back, but a guy that you signed that, that's being productive. I I just I don't know. I, I don't know. You know, Marcus Smart goes down. All these injuries happen. There's there's just a lot. There's a lot going on, and I, I really really hope that they continue to use this formula moving forward because it's working. Everything looks better. the The offense looks better. The defense has looked way better in these last two games, even with just quite possibly the worst showing that you'll see from Jaron Jackson all year long tonight. Yeah, the the defense has still looked good. It's it's just mind blowing that they haven't. Do you does it really have to come to a player? And, and I won't blowing up. I think is kind of um. I'll use that loosely. Does it have to come to a player blowing up on the sideline in order to get them to to click? I think and, it's too far. Well, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, 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 you're fine. I, I think that it, it seems like it does. It seems like it had been. I think that's part of it, but but not really. I think that it just so happened to coincident to to coincide when with when um well Jenkins wasn't playing Noel really. He wasn't he wasn't getting any minutes, I think, when that blow up happened. And it's not just Noel, it's it's Vince Williams Jr., which I like the duo of. So uh, my next point was going to be that I don't think it's all the Jalen Noel show. I think giving Vince real rotation minutes, we've talked about this before, but he's starting, he's starting to consistently get those minutes. And I think those two together are a great pairing. And then you add Jackson in the mix and it's a cherry on top, which is why they were still able to have a deep, good, really good defensive performance, despite not having Jaron Jackson Jr. Um, so Yes, I think Marcus played a role in motivating these guys, some guys more than others. I think Jenkins made some changes. Um, this isn't the same lineup that played that game. Um, he, he didn't use the same lineups or rotations as when, you know, when, when Marcus Smart had that blow up on the sideline. So maybe the coach needed to hear it too. Yeah, that's a good point. That's I didn't, I didn't hear it was embarrassing. Yeah. So Vince, fantastic game tonight. Six of nine from the field, three for six from three, 15 points, three assists, nine rebounds, two block shots. Getting the minutes and producing every time that he's out there. I just can't help but wonder we have seen Jenkins go away from the 10 man rotation as the team gets healthy with what Vince Williams is doing. Do you see him fall out? And then as you're looking at, at what Noel is doing. Uh, okay. Candace, I'm going to back up just a little bit. I want you to put your GM hat on. You're, you're acting as a Grizzlies GM right now. All right. Looking at what Vince Williams and Jalen Noel have done, does that make Luke Kennard expendable? No, not at all. Not at all. I think they provide very different things. 
than what Luke gives you. You can't afford to, neither one of those guys is giving you consistent offense. We just talked about that, right? We mm-hmm. just talked about with Jalen Noel, how he will be up and down at times. This Williams Jr. is still very young. He's just not getting playing time. So he's going to be up and down. You can't replace those two guys with Luke Kennard when one of your biggest problems is still offense. You do have to score points to win games. <laughs> and I think uh, it makes some other guys expendable. Um, they may have to make some some sacrifices on some of the um, on the ego on some of those draft picks in terms of roster space. But no, I'm not subbing out at this point anybody for Luke because he's just too consistent of a score. Even if he doesn't do what he did for you second half last year, you just need a guy who can make those shots. Okay, so let's assume that but outside of Jaron and Steven Adams, the rest of this roster is healthy. John ja Morant slotted to come back. There's different things going on. Twelve twenty one is gonna the Pacers game is what we're looking at. Let's say everybody is healthy at that point. We're going to say Jaron, uh Biz, Bain. Aldama, Ja, Luke, and Smart. That's seven guys. Mm-hmm. I didn't mention Derrick Rose, David Roddy, Jalen Noel, Vince Williams, or X. That's up to 12 guys that not only can but should be in a rotation jenkins is if nothing else he's methodical it's been 10 man forever this year he's shifted to a nine man and it's like he's not changing from that so out of those the the five extra guys that i named there only two of them are getting the getting rotation minutes who are the three that are out i think Roddy's out um, if I'm the GM, Ronnie's out. Um, I I don't think Rose is going to play every game, so I, I, I and that's that's gonna... fair. So I mean, you know, you you can kind of eliminate him by default because they're going to manage his health, and yeah. that's perfectly fine. But yeah. that still leaves you. I I think out of the ones that I gave you, I think that gives you like you know. Maybe Roddy is an easy out there. Yep. But then, then where do you go from there? Jalen Noel and, and Vince Williams Jr. Right now, I'm I'm leaning on those two guys. Um, but it will depend on the matchup. I think that's when you kind of gotta say next man up. I think that's kind of when you gotta say you can't consistently have a set of guys. Um, I think a lot of those back-end guys still need to kind of prove they can be consistent enough to be a consistent rotation player. So uh, that t- t- I think that's matchup-based. But right now, I would go with Jalen and Vince because I do think we've seen such a difference defensively with those two on the court alongside of Jaren. Um, Much love to X, but, you know, he still struggles with finishing sometimes or a lot, and 
he's undersized and he does a lot of great things. But should that automatically grant him play time? I don't think so, because if the team was healthy, he would be like the third string guy. So um, that's kind of what I would do right now, especially because those two guys have a rhythm. That's that's my move. Yeah, it's just they're in a tough spot. There's there's no doubt about it that this front office has some decisions to make. And they're probably steps ahead of us. They know, or they at least have an idea of what they are going to do. But after signing Noel to this 10 day, because of the hardship, uh, he comes out and he plays this well. How can you make any type of legitimate argument to let him walk? Right. When you have guys that, that are not producing and in that like, it, it's it's Zaire, Zaire's shown like we we've seen him play like going back to that Golden State series in the playoffs we've seen him at times show that he can be an NBA level player and young guys are going to have some inconsistencies but you have other guys on this roster John Conchar we we've talked off and on about this uh, of him being kind of a, a spot rotation guy and we're fine with that because of the energy that he brings but if you're building a team to win a championship do you really keep a guy like John Conchar or do you keep a guy like Jake LaRavia on the roster when you have Jalen Noel who just like you said earlier in the show here you would be completely okay with him playing playoff rotation minutes because of what he brings to the game. Right. If your mindset is to win championships, there are at least four guys on this roster that you could get rid of that are not better players than Jalen Noel. And the, the only guy on the, out of the guys that I'm thinking of right now, the only guy that I would even listen to an argument of could possibly be better than what Noel is, is Zaire. He's the only one. LaRavia hasn't shown me anything. I love what Jitty brings when he's on the floor, but I don't, there's nothing in me that, that believes that John Conchar is going to be a championship rotation player ever in his career. Right. Just don't think it's there. And that's not like the 80, he's an 82 game player. Yep. And the 82 games outside of winning enough to get past that do not matter. They don't. Nobody cares about regular season wins. You you talk about the, the Golden State team that won 73 games. You ask anybody who's a better team, the 72 and 10 Bulls or the 73 and 9 Warriors. And the answer is the 72 and 10 Bulls because they won the championship. Nobody gives a crap about the 82 regular season games. You obviously have to win enough to get to the postseason, but if you are looking through the lens of, hey, I want to win a championship, this front office is in a tough spot right now, for sure. I think it's a, I think it's an uncomfortable spot. I'm not sure it's a tough spot. We were desperate for anybody, and I mean anybody, to show themselves worthy of minutes. And now there's a little bit of a backlog. 
because they brought in some additions that have proved themselves to be good ones. And that's a great problem to have, uh, especially as bad as they started off. And honestly, it's great not just because it's great in theory to have better players, but it's great because they had, they had, they had to make some decisions on these guys. Like it forces them to make, make decisions and make moves to get rid of some of these back-end players. And yes, they have to swallow their pride and admit that these draft picks didn't work out and they lost quite a bit of capital on that. But do you want to lose your pride or do you want to continue to lose games? Because that's really the choice that they're at right now. And if they make the wrong one, they'll go back to losing games. I mean, not that they won't continue to lose games until God Jai gets back, but that like, you know, they'll they'll look bad. Like now if they they've looked good to the point of even if they did lose games, I think they'd still look like a different team than they were before these additions. So or these changes. So I think overall it is it's a great spot to be in. I I, I like it for them. It's uncomfortable for them, but it's needed. Sometimes you gotta make some tough choices and they're at that time. Yeah, I don't. We'll see what happens with it. I I don't know. It forces them to make some decisions, but I feel like they're gonna just take the easy way out here. They're you know the guys that are on on the ten days are just gonna be gone. At the end of it, they're just gonna be gone. I, I feel like that's what it's gonna be. I think that's a mistake. I hope that I'm wrong, but just track record. That's what I feel like it's going to be. You know, Laravia is. But if that's the case, they're gonna they're gonna see much. They're gonna struggle much more than they had to struggle, um, and lose more games. And at a point where moving forward, even as you get healthy, you can't afford to just be losing games just because. So I really hope that they are that the pressure of losing and stinking so badly forces them into a decision they wouldn't have made otherwise. I agree with you in general, but they are. I mean, even Tyler Jenkins is so, so desperate. He's been changing his ways because of the situation. And I hope that the front office will do the same. Um, honestly, they didn't. I mean, I'm not sure they had to get the 10, 10 day contracts to begin with. So maybe them even doing that is a show that they're open to possibilities and open to best man wins, truly. Best man wins in terms of minutes and and uh, play time. Well, the same thing, but yeah, you know well, they still so they they control the contract of Vince Williams right now, right, with, right. With where where he's at. So they could just shift him back to South, South Haven and be like, hey, you know, thank thanks for your service, appreciate you. And then we not really see him much throughout the year. You know, they, they've got I think it's. Is it 40 games on the two way that they can play? They they just I, I knew what those rules were and they changed how many games the two way guys can play. That was 50. So that that might be right. Yeah. So you know, like you can play Vince 50 games, and then you know, if if you want to carry him into the playoffs, then you would have to make a a roster change. Mm-hmm. So they have some flexibility here before the trade deadline and that they can just keep Vince on the two way and they're good. But you have Bismack who we've all, but it, like, I, I think it's just in stone. He's going to be a Grizzly the rest of the season. 
I think that's pretty well said. I think everybody is convinced that that's going to be a thing. And if that's not a thing, I have no idea how I'm going to rack that. He's played so well. It it would be incredibly stupid for him not to be a Grizzly the rest of the season. And then it leaves you wondering, okay, are they, are they going to make a move? Are they going to send some of these guys out for picks? Are they going to package maybe an injured guy and some of these guys with picks to try and go out and get a player who knows? Uh, I, I won't keep speculating. We'll go back. I'll try to reel it back into the game. We talked about Noel. Great game from him. Great showing from Vince Williams Jr. Aldama, 17 and 12, 7 of 10 from the field. Played huge uh, with, with Jaron only playing 13 minutes tonight. Um, the, the Mavericks commentators, when Jaron picked up that fifth foul, the one guy was like, I don't know that I like that because Aldama's killing us. And with Jaron going back to the bench, Aldama's going to be back out on the floor. Yep. So, you know, good showing from him. Glad that he stepped up. Bain goes 11 for 20 from the field, four for six from three, 30 points, five assists, four rebounds, continuing to play at an all-NBA level. I mentioned both of those guys, and we can talk about them individually, but I mentioned them together on purpose here because there was a a, a video that's kind of circling around where you see an exchange between Bain and Aldama. And I've watched the video on multiple occasions. You you can go back, you can find it. Um, Drew Hill retweet or tweeted it out and was talking about the exchange between these two guys. You could say it was heated. Um, Candace, I, I'll, I'll go to you here before I pour my thoughts into this. Do you feel like this is going to be something that's an issue moving forward? No, no, I'm really not worried about it. There wasn't enough about that. I don't think it got disrespectful. I just think they're competitive. I think there's passion. I think those guys, it's an exhibit of them caring, uh, which you have seen plenty of games of the opposite. And they've been talking about they had a hard practice leading into Wednesday's game, and it was where the players held themselves accountable. The coaches didn't. So in order to carry, I mean, everybody talked about hoping that they carry over that momentum from the Wednesday night win to today. And part of that comes with the accountability factor. And so it's not always going to look pretty and cute. Sometimes you got to get in dudes faces. And uh, I want some guys that's not afraid to do that because that stuff matters when it matters the most in playoff situations. Um, And both of those guys were able to rise to the occasion and continue to play well. So it's not like there was some big drop off in performance from either of these guys because of it. Um, and you don't want there to be, you know, you want your players like Aldama to feel comfortable to call out a Desmond Bain on missing a defensive rotation where everybody's on equal playing field, where it's not like, oh, he's a, he's a leading scorer. So we can't say anything to him. They don't need a hierarchy right now. They need to all be one team, um, one voice. And part of that is not really caring who you are or how many points you've scored, just calling it out. So I actually consider it a good thing. Um, I think maybe aggressive exchange is more accurate than heated because 
people kept saying he did not kept looking for like a fight or something. And that's not really, that's not really what happened at all. So it, for me, it's good. Yeah. I'm, I'm mirror your feelings about it. I, I don't think it's anything to be concerned about. I had a, a boss and this saying, it just kind of stuck in my head because he would say it all the time. He said, you're never going to reach your, your full potential if you can't be held accountable. And I, I've carried that with me and anything that I do, you know, and that's something you want the people around you to do that. Hey, if I screw up, let me know. And I feel like this was that it was elevated. There's no doubt it was elevated. The guys were going at each other a little bit, but not at the level where they walk off the court in the locker room and it goes to blows. <laughs> it wasn't that. And I feel like this is very much uh, people are piling on trying to make it more than what it was. I think it was just kind of a, an exchange of two guys that want to win and they're out there, they're playing with passion so that passion came out after a, a play where one or both of them screwed up on the defensive end. Yep, pretty much. I agree. I agree. Nothing more to say on that. Uh, but just shout out to Santi for rebounding as well as he has. He's been uh, sometimes more one of the. It, it, this is not the first time he's been one of the highest. Uh, rebound getters uh even over Bismack or or Jair of course who struggles to rebound so shout out to him for continuing to be consistent in that way it surprised me a little bit I didn't think he was going to be a a rebounding guy but um shout out to him for that Plus, he, he was a walking double double in college what you mean you didn't know he's going to be a rebounder yeah, that translates to the NBA is different, especially at his size. Yeah, that definitely. Well, the, the and the league that he was playing in, it's not right. like the you know uh, Loyola Maryland's playing in a uh, tough basketball league at the college level. Right. Um, so great game again. Final score of the game: one hundred eight ninety four. Grizzlies improved to five and thirteen. There's a chance maybe they get to seven wins before Morant gets back. Maybe maybe they get more. <laughs> Then that maybe they go on a crazy run and they're twelve and thirteen when Morant comes back, but I'm not holding my breath on that one. Um, or something. You, I feel like you jinxing us. Yeah, it was. <laughs> Sorry, like you doomed I, us. <laughs> you doomed us. De definitely not trying to do that after the start of the season the Grizzlies have had. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah, I think, I think the only thing I, I did want to mention, um, one thing I I talked about on the last pod was that I would have kept the same starting lineup outside. Of David Roddy that I would have subbed out Santi and Roddy for the time being. Um, I think that still shows if you look at the box score that Roddy only had six this time. Um, Jaron, of course, had an abysmal game with four points. Derek, you know, had six, and that's fine for him. Um, and you know, B's back with four. So, really, outside of Dez, ain't no one else with double digits on that starting lineup. And while I do think you'll get a little bit more out of Jaron, that was bottom of the barrel Jaron for sure. Um I do think he could use uh Santi. I do I do know the argument for having somebody off the bench who can score, but I still like Roddy against second units better than against starting units. I think I think you can just get more out of him even offensively on the second unit rotation than consistently putting the starting lineup. I don't know if you had any thoughts on that, but it's sort of mine. 
I mean, I'm, I don't think Santi is the answer at three. I, I don't think night in and night out he's going to be able to play it. His, his lateral quickness is just not going to be there against some of the faster threes in the league. The way that Noel's playing are, are heck, even Vince. You know, if you're not sure you're going to keep Noel moving forward, why not put Vince out there? Six foot six plus wingspan. He can shoot the ball. Like run him out there and see what you know. You're throwing things at the wall until you find something that sticks. Right now, you're two and zero with this starting lineup. Maybe you don't change it because of that. But if if you're gonna run somebody other than Roddy out at the three, I, I would prefer that it's somebody that could actually play the three on a night in night out basis. And I'm just not convinced that Aldama can do that. Yeah, I don't care. I think he's better for now. So <laughs> he can do it. No, I mean, that's fair. Like, I, I, I don't, I'm not disputing that point at all. Like, I, I, like, out of the players that they have available, he's probably, so you got Bain and Jackson. Like, he, he's probably their third best player available right now. So theoretically, he should be in the starting lineup. But because of, the structure of the starting lineup, I would, I just like, I, I think Aldama can cook wherever he's at and him against, I think you get more benefit from him against second lineups, like the against backup players than you get from Roddy. If you get a true Jaron showing and Dez keeps playing like this, then you just need somebody off the bench to come and, and do what they can, you know, do what he's been doing to bench units, and I think that's that's enough. You know, you just need Roddy to, to go out there and play defense and rebound. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll agree to disagree on that one. I, I, I hear you. I follow the logic. But, um, yeah, I mean, either way, I'm with you in that. He's not a long-term three. I, I agree with that. Um, but, anyway, we'll see. But I, I it is a point that, you know, maybe they just stick with it because they're winning. So, perhaps you're right. But if there was a change – I, that's what I make. Yeah. Are are you opposed to Vince or Noel being that three? You think you're just like all in on, on Aldama being the guy there? Um, I'd rather because of the because of how low the floor can be offensively. I don't want those guys starting just because the floor can be like literally zero points. And I don't think you can afford to have starting players have zero points some nights. Uh, so. That, that, I think that'd be my main thought. And also, really just want Vince to get in a rhythm and don't want him to have to play outside of himself right now. Um, so I think you could put Vince or Noel in the closing lineup. I would do, I definitely do that. But to start, I like to see them just kind of stay in the roles for right now and then see what they got offensively. And if they're, if it's one, if it's their night, then obviously they'll get starting minutes, which is kind of what they got tonight. You know, they got, Close to starting level minutes. It's hard to to gauge because everybody got minutes because of the, <laughs> how weird this game was. But uh, they got close to starting level minutes, and and that's I'm good with that. Well, we'll go ahead and wrap it up. Um, the next game is tomorrow night in Phoenix against the Suns. The Suns are not healthy. Uh, don't know who's going to be available for that game. Durant is playing tonight. He's missed uh, a game here or there this season. Booker's been out. Bill has not been healthy since they got him there. So I wonder how much they're regretting that move. Um, yeah, they, and they, they, they may not. Back too, so yeah. that, that helps. 
<laughs> so you, you you got some momentum from the Grizzlies. You have you're gonna have a rested Jaron Jackson after playing 13 minutes tonight. And yeah. that may have been the the fact that they were up so much is definitely the reason Jaron's coming back in this game with five fouls. If this is a close game, there's no doubt about it. Yeah. But um that's fine. Let let him rest, let Jaron cook tomorrow against the Suns. We'll see how that goes. That that's gonna be Three games ago, I would not be looking forward to this matchup, but with the way the Grizzlies are playing right now, I'm kind of excited for this matchup to see how they see how they match up, just see what happens against a a playoff caliber team. Um, even though the Suns are not fully healthy, and I don't know anything. Do you know on the the Booker injury? Do you know what's going on with him right now? I do not. Um, he he's not playing tonight. I know they're. One thing I know is that they're playing the Nuggets, and right now they're losing forty-one <laughs> thirty. It's not going well for them so far. Uh, but no, no update. Has he been out for a while? I don't think he's been out for a while. It looks like a hamstring injury. I don't know when it initially happened. But it, but with a back-to-back, if he missed tonight, I don't think they're going to play him. I'd be surprised, especially with the way that the Suns have sort of been managing the season. They don't seem eager to push guys too much. Yeah, I think they're definitely more worried about postseason than they are regular right. season. They just need to win enough games to get there. So right. So I'd be. I, it wouldn't surprise me at all if they were able to dodge book and and Bill and uh, Durant might play this one. They may play him on the back to back. But I could see. Them yeah, he, he's been. I think I want to say that Durant has only missed maybe two games this season. He one hasn't missed worse. much. One of them was worse as us though. The last one, the last time we played the Suns, he didn't play. Maybe it was more than two. It doesn't seem like it was more than that, but I know he like he's been mostly healthy and the stuff like the games that he's taken off, I think it's been more rest related. Right. Than actual injury related. So are you see, hoping I'm, they win or lose tonight? Um I know Isaac kind of has a theory about that, but I don't care either way. I, I lean yeah. to I agree that yeah. I'd rather them win so they can kind of like take a night off. But, you know, they're playing the Nuggets, so they're going to have to play hard regardless. <laughs> and I'll take them being just tight as I mean. It was, they played, we, Grizz played their players pretty late just to make sure that the game was put away for certain. But, well, they had to. They had to. That game was, you know, they had a 19 point lead and then Dallas gets back within six. So yeah, you gotta well, make sure well, you close the door. Uh, the last four minutes of the game, they pretty much yeah, wrapped yeah. It up. They were up like fifteen. So, so he has only missed two games this year. He missed the the one against Memphis, and then on the twenty sixth, eleven twenty six against the Knicks. So he missed at Memphis, at New York, and then he uh, he came back against Toronto and played thirty five minutes. So he's he's been playing. How many minutes is he averaging this year? I'm not worried about that. That doesn't matter. He hadn't missed much. He missed the Memphis game and the next game, and then he's playing tonight. So Durant's been playing a lot. You you know who he is and what he can bring bring to the table, but a lot of promising things from the Grizzlies the last two games. Hopefully they can carry the momentum over and lead to a another road win. Back-to-back road wins would be fantastic. Um, pretty sure we'll be on. Candace, you're going to be available tomorrow night to do another post game. 
We should be yeah. back to see you. Yeah. Uh, Isaac was unavailable tonight. We missed him. We think he'll be back with us as well tomorrow. So uh, we'll, we'll wrap it up. The show is on X, Twitter, how, whatever, whatever. It's the X app. It is still twitter.com at Ethos Grizzlies. I'm an NBA D will two one. Isaac is Isaac double underscore NBA. Yep. You can find me on Twitter at Candace H901. The Grizzlies go into Phoenix, uh, hopefully a tired Phoenix. You can worn out from playing the Nuggets, and we can see if the Grizzlies can carry the momentum to get another game. So uh, we'll be back tomorrow night with the game three. But until then, we'll see you.